I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to uh, the newest edition of Sharing Socks. I am, as usual, uh, Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen, just uh, dressed for the occasion of our first snow of the season in Chicago. And meanwhile, our West Coast correspondent, my son Will, is dressed uh, for the fact that it's probably 80 degrees out in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite, but uh, I'm still waiting on our first snow. So um, This week, not a huge amount of things happening White Sox-wise. We know that uh, James McCann will not be coming back and never anticipated he would. Uh, as he is uh, signed with the Mets, and he's going to be a starting catcher, and I presume a, a very good one. Um, big news in the division is that the Cleveland Indians will disappear sure. after next year, presumably. You have a name for them? Yeah, we used to be stockholders. I'm, I'm stealing, as a former owner, I'm stealing a name I saw on Twitter that made me laugh so incredibly hard. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that funny, but I am going with the Cleveland Washington football team, baseball team. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're going to end up going back to the spiders, which is what what they were a century ago. And it's interesting. I mean, you see some people, they should change the name now, not go for a year. This isn't like the Washington situation, which was a racial slur. This this was it was named for Louis Sakalexis, who was a Native American who was playing for the Indians at the time that uh, Nap uh, Lajoy left as their manager, and they wouldn't be called the Naps anymore. That it it was it's not an insult. It was never meant as an insult. Chief Wahoo was pretty stupid. See, that's uh, the thing. I, I think ultimately with Cleveland, it's because of the Chief Wahoo thing. You know, you can argue either way about that name but you can't argue about chief wahoo and he was around for such a long time um that you really can't separate them i think a change if they had never had chief wahoo i don't think this even comes up really i mean people would still be upset but it wouldn't be to the point where they need to change it um but chief wahoo is just you know, intensely racist. Um, (laughs) So it's a good change. You might as well make the change. Um, I, you know, I don't really like the Indians that much, even though as a a former owner, uh, I should support the team, but I really hate spiders in real life. So it's going to (laughs) make, it's going to make it really easy to hate Cleveland uh, moving forward if they do switch back to that. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. The, I've seen a couple mock-ups of Cleveland Spider logos that look really cool. Um, and I think your fan base could sort of rally behind Spiders just because of the history. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're making the change. And also when people say, oh, you got to change it for next year, they legally can't do that. You know, it is way too close. 
Nike, who has those contracts, would sue them to oblivion if they decided to change everything last minute. Um, they have they have such huge contracts with all of these companies who are the official whatever of whatever. And you can't just, it's like when, I don't know if you remember, but when uh, the Lakers signed Anthony Davis, LeBron said, I'm going to give him my number. And Nike said, hold up. No, you're not. (laughs) Because we're not throwing away 10 million LeBron jerseys. Um, So it's, it's that same situation. I, I totally understand why they're not doing it for 2021. Their point is like, we're going to keep it to honor our team. But I know secretly they legitimately cannot ditch this name like, for the upcoming stuff, season. Yeah. yeah, there's just no way. It's it's December. Um, those those jerseys are are made. All all the things are made. You you can't you can't go back that quickly. But I am glad they're going to change it in the long run. There's just no need for it. I hope the Braves change it too. And meanwhile, our my favorite, probably Indian of all time, even though I lived in Cleveland for a long time before he was ever on the team, Omar Vizquel, uh, some bad domestic violence charges uh, from his wife uh, coming out. Now we'll hope, we'll hope that that's wrong somehow, but uh, it's a very sad thing. Uh, yeah. It's, it's certainly not looking good. Um, you know, her, her accusations are, are very, very real and, and seem, you know, very really honest. detailed. They're very detailed. They're over a long period of time. I just don't see a world where she could possibly be making this stuff up. Um, it's a it's a sad day for us, the uh, two biggest Viscal fans in uh, the White Sox industry or in the White Sox sector. But that being said, yep, you can't do that. Can't do that. Apparently, anymore. it started when he was working for the White Sox when he was. Uh minor league uh, coordinator or whatever he was doing for them at the time where he's managing there at one time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a real shame. It's always a shame when you find out like one of the guys you really like is a piece of crap, but you know, she, she had to deal with a lot worse than we have to deal with losing him as uh as one of our guys. So um, I, I hope she comes out of this. Okay. And I hope everything's all right. And you know, Omar, get it together, dude. That's no good. Meanwhile, before we go to sock stuff, the bi- even bigger news uh, than the Indians, baseball-wise, is what's the season going to be? And MLB has yeah. come out suggesting we ain't doing this till everybody's had their shots, uh, and there's no way everybody's got their shots in time for a start of February uh, spring training. So they're talking about kicking the season back to maybe start in May. Um, which means we don't freeze to death at games in Chicago. So I'm okay with that. Uh, but uh, then maybe 130, somewhere in, in that range, the players say, nope, we're going to have 162. Um, if we have to play into November and December, which gets chilly here, incidentally, in November and December <laughs> to go to baseball games. And um, I mean, you got LA guy now, you wouldn't know that. But um, <laughs> so we're going to have another fight. And of course, the huge fight comes at the end of this year when they're renegotiating the whole contract. So it's going to be a lot of squabbling again, like there was last year. My guess is they end up shortening it some. It only makes sense. Uh, I I definitely uh, would support the shorter season. Um, I think they should hold out longer until we see 
what's going to happen with fans. You know, the goal should always be to have fans in the stadium for for any of these sports, baseball, um, for sure. And the goal is also to only do that when it's safe to do that. So I think they should start uh, start later. Uh, I kind of like the 130 game plan. I'm not super interested in watching a bunch of baseball with no fans again. Um, It's just, I I think it was an interesting experience for one year, um, but I think it, it won't really hold people's attention for another season. That one will play out over time, and it has to play out fairly soon because, I mean, you're talking about whether you start spring training in, in February. And I don't think it would be a very good PR move to make sure that all our players get their shots first ahead of uh, right. your mom in the nursing home. You know, it's, it, that's not going to work. So Well, and that's probably going to happen, but they're probably not going to be able to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, then there is the thing with, with they don't need fans at spring training, but they, they need them once once the, uh, the season gets underway. Or certainly yeah. some some semblance where you have the, the you know the twenty five percent or or whatever some kind of protected uh, circumstance, or, or where you only let in people who went. I, I think we're going to have shot cards like we used to have when I was a kid to travel internationally. I think we're going to have them again, and you only let in people who can show that they've they've had their vaccinations. I, I mean, as as someone them. who who took a, a multiple COVID tests at a, a TV network this week. Um, I think it's going to be mandatory for that as well. I think you're to work on TV. You're going to have to have the shot. I think to attend events, you're going to have to have the shot, um, which I, I mean, it's fair. It's, it's a fair thing. Um, the issue will be how fast they can get everyone the shot. And that's a big question mark. <laughs> yeah, and then we don't know that. So that's they, they require for them to determine the season until we get more sense of that. Yeah. Now, let's go White Sox. All right. Well, before we do that, let's just take our quick break, uh, and then we will we'll, we'll talk about our White Sox guys. Some interesting stuff potentially in the works. Um, but, yeah, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll see you in a minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. Moving on to a little bit more White Sox. That was kind of general baseball uh, commentary early on. Uh, Geezer, what do you got? Well, we know the White Sox are supposed to be in on Liam Hendricks. We also know that teams with lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money are in on Liam <laughs> Hendricks. <laughs> That's not us? What? Okay. So, so I, I'm doubting that we and he's He's deemed and and probably is the best reliever on the market um, by a point or two. One of the other good ones happened to a pitch for the White Sox last year, but Henrik's looking at at least four years, presumably. That's a long time for a pitcher, uh, especially reliever. It's tend to be very flaky. Well, especially reliever. Hendricks is in his thirties too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, four years on that contract. That's so stupid. 
And I will happily eat my words in four years if Liam Hendricks is mowing people down. And it's not that I don't believe in him. I mean, he's a he's a sharp pitcher, no doubt about it. Uh, but we we have Colome, who is not that far off, really, uh, from this past season. And I think we can get Colome for two years, and I would much rather take a, a risk on two years on a reliever than four, four years. So the number I saw was kind of, I saw four kind years, of a million million going there. I do. I mean, column a can wear it. He wears it even a little more over here because he's cooler <laughs> than me, but uh, I, I have not been a huge column a uh, enthusiast throughout my time. Um, that either. being said last year, he really did impress me. Um, and because of his sort of fluke 2019 good season, I think it gave him a, a level of confidence that he didn't have before that, that we saw in 2020. Because when he came out to pitch in 2020, he came out looking like a guy who knew he was going to shut people down. And he did not look like that in 2019. And 2019. Or even the beginning of 2020, really. It, yeah. it took a couple of weeks before he was into it. They, they were still getting this well. He got out of it again. The average exit of philosophy was 135 miles an hour. And, and you know, they just happened to hit right at people and knock them down, but they held on. Yeah. Um, but, and could he go back to that? Absolutely. But Liam Hendricks could be that next year. So yeah. it's it's one of those scenarios where I think it really is the best bet not to fork out $50 million for, for a closer. Um yeah, and and Colome is part of this team. And if Colome had had shown us signs that twenty twenty one he would go back downhill, then yeah, you you part ways. And but you know the guys like him. He's a big part of this team, and he's been an outstanding reliever the, over the last year and a half or so. I, I can't see it. I, you know, and also when you're talking about a reliever who's who's pretty much turning down everything that doesn't come with a four year deal. That means he's going to the Dodgers or the Yankees. Or possibly the Astros. Possibly the Astros, but, you know, I, I don't know how much they can spend. Uh, I haven't looked at that. But, like, when you're talking about those super bloated multi-year deals, those go to larger markets than us. Meanwhile, Blake Snell. Blake Snell. Can we trade for Blake Snell? We, we, getting, uh, getting Lynn. Lance Lynn was, was certainly a huge deal, but – I looked at the steamer projections, actually steamer and Rotochamp projections for what pretty much everybody we consider right now a White Sox starting pitcher for 2021. And particularly steamer doesn't like any of them, including Lucas Giolito. They've got Giolito going 13 and 10 with a 416 ERA. Ooh, um, well, I, I don't think that's unrealistic. Um, I, I mean, I think there's absolutely a world where that's where Giolito sits this year. I think there's also a world where he's 15 and six with a 2.9. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but if you go through it, and that's the best ERA that they give amongst the starting pitchers. They also give Lynn a 416 and an 11 and 11. They don't have much faith in the White Sox at all. And then it jumps to a 458, 12 and 11 for uh, Keiko. Uh, 463, 8 and 7 for Kopech, 479, 9 and 9 for Cease. That's probably, you know, six more wins that Cease will really get. 
uh, and a 512, 5 and 6 for Lopez if he has to, to pitch some. Overall, a 58, 58 and 54. See, this is what doesn't make sense to me about these numbers is I I absolutely understand any of these pitchers could have an ERA in the fours. No doubt about it. Lance Lynn could throw low fours. Lopez could be lucky to be in the fives. Lopez, we won't even touch on that. That's silly. But um, Keuchel could certainly be in the fours. And I think Giolito could be in the fours. What doesn't make sense is then to have them all pitching at 500 or below or just barely above, because that's telling us that these guys are going to give up four runs a game and the White Sox aren't going to score. And that doesn't make sense to me because the White Sox are going to score a lot. And I mean, the the whole thing about our pitching this year is going to be, can we just keep that number lower than, than our big one? Um, I, I don't see a world where if they're all throwing around four that they're losing half their games. I just don't. I, I think this offense is going to be explosive. I, I don't like any of those numbers. They're trash. You're trash, Steamer. So, Steamer, let me just get them out. Uh, so, they go 58-54. And generally, and it goes down a little every year, starting pitchers have a decision in about two-thirds of their games. So, that fits out for a full season with relievers getting the rest of them. It would be an 84-win season. Rotochamp, who have their best, they have both uh, Lynn and Giolito under four uh, and going 12-10 and 12-9, respectively. And and Keiko, no, all three. Keiko, they have all three of them under four. Uh, uh, and Kopech. So they're much nicer on the ERAs. But they're, um, they've still got Cease and Lopez up in Cease and Lopez land up there. <laughs> Wow, in the low twos? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. Lucky it's not double figures in the front. Um, <laughs> but they then only give the starting pitchers a 49 and 48, which would equate to an 82-win season. And as you're saying, it's hard to imagine at that point, those guys are pitching pretty well. I mean, you got four guys under four ERA. And if we them, have four starters throwing under four ERA, we win the division and it's not close. And I'm serious about that. If we oh, have yeah. four, I mean, you're saying four, like two is probably realistic. <laughs> and we're talking about well, three four. Is possible. If they have four under four, the division's one. I, I, that number makes no sense to me, especially with, with, you know, you got guys like Madrigal. Madrigal next year could hit 400. They're all going to be singles, but he could hit, he could hit 330, 340, and he's going to bat ninth. Then you got Adam Eaton in the back of the lineup, who had a terrible year last year, and of course we don't really like the guy, but you know that's still likely going to be a, a a guy who can score some runs, who can get on base and score some runs. If they got four pitchers throwing under uh, under four. They're they're coasting. Yeah, yeah, I I, I certainly agree with that. But these guys in, in the projections uh, do not, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, we're probably getting low on time, but let's get let's get into one thing. We're still, and I think this is an important part that there's been very little emphasis on is getting a new backup catcher. Right. Uh, well, first, <laughs> before we say that, I think. I do just want to say I'm I'm all in on the Blake Snell trade now. Oh, I'm now, huge. Now that we have Lance Lynn, I think you give up Vaughn, you give up Kopech, and you give up the third piece. Um, 
I, it, that's what it's going to have to cost to not have to give up Eloy or Luis. So that's what you do. You get Snell now and you take, you take four quality starters into the season. You're, I mean, you're the favorite at that point. Um, but go ahead, backup catchers. And backup catchers, because, you know, it's kind of a low consideration thing. <laughs> there are a ton of free agent catchers on the market. I mean, dozens. <laughs> but five of them, and I may have missed somebody, but looking quickly down the list, five used to be White Sox. Tyler <laughs> Flowers being the most famous of them. Uh, Alex uh, Avila, Wellington Castillo, Josh Begley, Kevin Smith. So basically, if you come catch for the White Sox, you do get to be an unre- unrestricted free agent at some point. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Now, do we want any of those guys back? I'm sure there'll be people go, Tyler Flowers can, can frame. Um, I'm not sure. He didn't even frame well this year, as I recall correctly. And that's the only thing Tyler Flowers can't do. What he can't do is remember to catch the ball before it gets to the screen where he runs and picks it up. Uh, or all those any- guys, all those guys that you just named are a no for me. The one I like best, and it's not like when you're looking for backup catchers, you're 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 looking at Mel Ott, uh, is Kurt Casale from the Reds. Got he's a he's a oh did you say hitter. did you say him in that last one? No, no, he's oh not okay okay I didn't think he touch. ever played for us. Yeah, um, he he's not real old. I forget his age now on that. He's not going to hit for average for you. No. I mean, the fact that we had a backup catcher that, that hit for average last year, but that's a freak. That was a freak uh, accident. That's, that's not something you can ever depend on. His uh, D-War is positive all the way back. He's not bad. At, he's a slightly above average at throwing guys out. Uh, and just He's a backup catcher. He's never going to be a starting catcher for anybody. Uh, he projects out pretty well in the, in the, the various projections for 2021 were he to play a, a full season, which you wouldn't hear. Uh, I, he's the guy, and he, he, I think he got paid 1.6, 1.7 million uh, last year. Uh, uh, not prorated, but I mean, that's what his salary was to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's why not just get him, get him done, get it done for Christmas and then concentrate on looking for your, your fourth pitcher or another outfielder. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well sign him. I think that's a good good idea. And then you're going to be able to get him for so cheap. There are so many catchers on the market, um, and none of them are particularly exciting. After Real Muto and uh, and James McCann, who thankfully I'm really happy for James McCann. I I think it's great he ended up in New York. I'm so excited to sort of root for the Mets next year. I don't have an, a- an NLEs team that I give a crud about. So I'm just rooting for James McCann and Kim Ang next year. Um, but yeah, the the rest of the guys on the market are, are not horribly exciting. And I, I think your your solution is, is great. I, I would absolutely make that signing right away. So then you can focus on maybe getting that Snell trade done. That would be kind of nice. And uh, you've also got an outfield kind of slash DH problem. But I don't think the DH part is the problem because you got a great DH playing left field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in reality, we have a ton of great DHs. Um, yeah, and the we DH thought we had a great DH here. at first base, but it turns out he's a great first baseman. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, DH is going to be interesting. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of different guys in that spot next year. Uh, you'll definitely see Eloy in that spot. You'll definitely see Abreu in that spot. You'll probably see Grandal in that spot. Um, we we got a lot of DHs. We just don't have the guy that we know for sure is the DH every day. Um, but I'm cool with mixing that up. And if it keeps everyone happy, you know, keep Eloy in the field a few a few times a week and he stays happy, keeps hitting home runs. I'm cool with that. I mean, the thing we really need to focus on most is is pitching and, and just locking down any decent backs, uh, backup catcher. <laughs> yeah, our, our history with DHs is, is so bad. Uh, <laughs> just I, I just don't even want to so sign hard. a guy who's just called the DH because they're always bad for us. I mean, Encarnacion hit the he hit the ball to the moon a couple times last year, but then he didn't hit it again. And then you've got Adam Dunn, Adam LaRoche, 40 oh, guys long, I can't think history. of. <laughs> I mean, even, even if you go back to the glory day of, of 2005, uh, you know, Carl Everett was at best adequate as, yeah. as a DH. Right. Uh, I mean, is Carl Everett our bar? Is that what we're <laughs> trying to get to? Carl Everett? That's I think great. we'd be happy with that, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's got some attitude problems, so I'm told. So he probably won't be coming back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how the rest of it's going to play out, but they got to get something big done soon if they really want to contend. Right now, they are they're sitting in a good spot to be a a a team in contention for the division, but they they have to to lock up a couple more moves. If if they're really going to contend with the big, well, I think I think winning the division because the division is so incredibly bad, and with Cleveland more or less saying we're just going to have a lot of good pitchers, and if we score a run, that would be very nice. Yeah, uh, Lindor is going to be gone. I don't know. They have one guy on the offense, and it's only so much he can do by himself. <laughs> so. Yeah, their their offenses. <laughs> I'm just so happy we're not sitting here as Cleveland fans right now. And the, and the Twins so, lost a lot. So surprisingly, the Twins the Twins I think did not do a good job this offseason in in sort of maintaining. I certainly um, haven't so far. Um, Nelson Cruz turned 65 this season. So well, I, I think it helps you a lot with your budget if your guy's also on Medicare because you <laughs> yeah. pick up some benefits. That MLBPA there. health insurance plan is expensive. It is. All right. I think we've covered a whole lot of ground very shallowly. Uh, <laughs> yes. Which is kind of appropriate for the start of a, the holiday season here or the, the Christmas season. Anything else you got? I got um, nothing to come out. I, I think that's all I got. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you Anything know, anti LaRusso we want to say? No, I think it's always just there. It's always just <laughs> sitting there. But behind everything we say, there's a nice, like, layer of anti LaRusso. Um, no, I'm all set. I'm all set. But surprising, surprisingly, a lot and not much happened this week for the White Sox. So, uh, pretty, pretty good pretty good things to talk about. I think that's it.